What should we expect from a former MVP back with his old team? Is one rookie wideout in the AFC South about to be a must-grab off the waiver wire? And should Elijah Moore be started over a number one wideout on a low-volume pass offense this week? Plus, the 2021 FFPC main event 10th place team owner Praveer Srivastava hangs out with us to talk about who he trusts in the Jets' backfield, his waiver pickups ahead of this weekend's games, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour I can't now. stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Make Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Hey, thanks so much, Rob, and thank you to the Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com or anywhere you find your music. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. It is indeed the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Wow, what a week it was, Farrell. We had uh, Jordan Love make his debut. We had Odell Beckham find a new home. And, you know, leave it to the NFL in, in coming into week 10, commissioner, we're it's still huge stories all over the place. Nothing we could have expected. You know, Bucky, it was a wild week last week. Um, yes, player movement in directions, which we, we did not expect. Uh, our guest last week, uh, his biggest takeaway from our conversation was that I was high on love and he wasn't, and I'm going to cede victory to him. Although love, I think, stepped in and um, made a made a best effort in a situation where he did not get a lot of help from his teammates. But it's just fantastic opportunities for new players every week. And as a fantasy player, trying to dig their way into the FFPC playoffs, I think that's what the waiver wire offers you, is to try to anticipate where those opportunities and who might be getting their first opportunity this week. Yeah, and, and I would say that Jordan Love didn't get a lot of help from his coaching staff either. That is another conversation for a different day. Maybe we'll get into it tonight. I don't know, but I do know this. Coming up on tonight's show, we will regale you with our thoughts on starting Miles Gaskin going forward after what we saw on Thursday night football against the Ravens. We'll talk about what better Week 10 options you might have than Aaron Rodgers after he has not practiced for two weeks. And then Praveer Srivastava will join us to talk about his 10th place team in the FFPC main event, how likely Dan Arnold is to being a top 10 tight end in the FFPC for the remainder of the season, 
and of course, much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. You guys can post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Praveer Srivastava is at Praveer Shrivas 1. And as always, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship kffsc.com facebook.com uh, slash hsff hours where to reach us and if you want to chime in and talk with us give us a call at 347-426-3682 that's 347 game oba you can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for myself for Farrell, for Prevere, now is the time to send them in we'll try to get to all the chat room questions all the tweets and all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. I want to thank our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob for hanging out and make this, making this show a lot more listenable than it would be if I was handling all that myself. I uh, want to remind everybody, rotoviz.com slash podcast is the home of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. This week I sat down with the defending FFPC main event, half-million-dollar grand prize winner Jerry Hooten. We talked about a lot of, uh, of uh, topics on the show. Um, one of them uh, that came up, and we spent a little bit of time talking about it, is if you are being, uh, uh, having a lot of success in the main event or in the Football Guys Players Championship, how do you manage your team properly as far as lineup setting goes when you're just trying to put points up and get to the championship round? A lot of lineup setting philosophy on this past episode, rotaviz.com slash podcast, is where to check that out. All right, let's get into the Fantasy Flash Tom Pelissero on Twitter had this about Odell Beckham. It is a one-year contract with the L.A. Rams worth $1.25 million guaranteed. $3 million more are team-based incentives on this contract based on how L.A. finishes the regular season and the postseason. Uh, this uh, appears to be a genuine priority for Odell Beckham to be very successful in the postseason after he had a, a really unproductive team career uh, in New York. And then, obviously, in Cleveland, he had the torn ACL and much, much more there. I don't know if Beckham is going to be active on Monday. I know it's a possibility at this point against the San Francisco 49ers. But, Farrell, the, the, really the million-dollar question here is, what do we do with Odell Beckham going forward? Is this a guy that can be flexed out? How does he affect Robert Woods? Does he affect Cooper Cup at all? So your take, when you saw Odell Beckham sign with the Rams, from a fantasy standpoint, man, what did you think? That was the question that everyone had to ask, Balky, and I'll go right to that, you know, because we could do a whole show on the movement and how and the why and answer the, the five W's of, of this situation, but I'll go right to it. I think all of us have been a wish I had when we look at Cooper Cup. We, uh, I don't know how often you have him on teams. I have him on just two and those are two of my better teams. Guess what? You know he's been a he's way outperformed uh, his third round draft slot. Now, you know, I believe that the signing of this player uh, motivated on the field uh, to ease Cooper Cup's responsibility the rest of the way. We're, we're looking at a guy that's already caught seventy four balls. He's on pace to have one hundred and forty catches, even more than that, two hundred targets, and we're seeing a wonderful football player, play who's not physically limited for the first time in a long time. This guy's been beat up for years, and he answers the bell. It's a situation now, and it'll be a bitter pill to swallow for everyone that's grown used to Cooper Cup having double-digit targets and, and very successful games. He'll continue to be successful, but it won't be outside of the spectrum 
of all the other receivers, uh, the top elite receivers in the NFL. These numbers are going to come down to earth because I believe that Odell Beckham Jr. will get opportunities. I believe the real football reason that he is there is to give this player a break. As this team prepares for the playoffs, they've got a playoff run, and, and really their biggest playoff, uh, uh, they're, they're the one team in the NFL you can say that has a playoff game in December because it's very important when they go to Arizona uh, that they figure out a way to beat the Cardinals, a team that's probably playing better than anyone in the NFL. So that's my take on who is going to hurt in fantasy numbers as far as uh, opportunities in the game and, and these these tremendous numbers of, of passes and targets uh, for Cooper Cup are going. You can you can step on the brakes a little bit because it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little different moving forward. So um, I, I think that's very lucid. I think that makes a lot of sense um, from a team that has championship aspirations. I will say this about Odell Beckham. Um, I do believe that he is another weapon they can trot out there. I do believe he will have an impact. I think he's actually going to affect Robert Woods more than Cooper Cup. I think with, with Stafford's connection for Cup right now, it is so strong and so prevalent that I think he is going to continue to do still 85 90%, maybe even 95% of what he was doing before. Robert Woods, I'm not so sure. I would be freaking out a little bit more if I was a Woods owner knowing that Beckham's going to come into the fold more than Cooper Cup. That's my personal take. You heard Farrell's, and I'll say this. My Green Bay Packers were in the running to sign Odell Beckham. <laughs> and if you want juicy storylines, Odell Beckham, if he does not play Monday night against San Francisco, the Rams have the bye week in week 11. And guess where Odell is in week 12? It's Lambeau Field <laughs> as the Rams come to take on the Packers. It is going to be the grudge game for Packers fans, not for Odell Beckham, but for Packers fans that were hoping to sign Odell Beckham. And I got to tell you, Farrell, I know people who are looking for tickets in Green Bay right now, and they can't get tickets for that Rams game. Everybody wants them. Seahawks game, yeah, there's tickets available. The Browns game, Vikings game, no problem getting those tickets. You want tickets to that Rams game in Lambeau Field? Good luck. You're probably not going to get them. Moving on here, uh, talking, yes, talking about Cam Newton here, ladies and gentlemen. Cam Newton on the Panthers. Yeah, what year is it? No, it's it's not 2015. It's 2021. Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports says that Cam Newton could be active this week against Arizona as, quote, either an emergency player or subbing in for some special packages. Jones said that um, is, uh, uh, Newton will start in week 11 against the Washington football team, and he still could play this week, but P.J. Walker will be your starting quarterback for the Panthers. Now, is Newton going to get in inside the 10, inside the 5 at the goal line at quarterback? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't think anybody's starting P.J. Walker this week, um, but I think if you have Christian McCaffrey, there's certain concerns here. And, and really going forward, Farrell, and that's what the question I want to ask you here is, What's the impact that Cam Newton not only has on Christian McCaffrey, but on D.J. Moore, on Terrace Marshall, on Robbie Anderson, quite frankly, um, and, and Tommy Tremble, uh, the tight ends there as well. Your thoughts on how Cam Newton changes the value for these skill position players in Carolina? Um, he's going to get touches around the goal line for a team that's having great difficulty putting the, uh, putting points on the board. You know, it, it, an agent friend of mine sent something over to me. He said, Newton, uh, uh, Carolina is still affected by Newton's previous contract, at least in, in salary cap dollars. 
um, and, and they are paying for his replacement in Darnold, um, and, and now they are paying him to replace his replacement. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting that you follow the money in this. I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of effect unless he becomes starting, and, and that, that could happen. I want to see him throw the ball. I, it's a fascinating situation. I'm glad to see him back in the league. He's a player uh, that de- deserves to be in the league. I, uh, in Carolina, an, an interesting signing. You know, we spent all spring bulky talking to dynasty guys, and we talked dynasty, dynasty football. Um, the 2019 Mountain West uh, Player of the Year quarterback, Josh Love from the San Jose Spartans, uh, he is a uh, signed to the practice squad there uh, in Carolina, and and I think this kid can really spin it. So there's there's the best information I can give you on this whole Cam Newton thing is advice to the dynasty guys to familiarize yourself with the quarterback who's now on a practice squad because I don't think the guys on the existing roster are going to take this team uh, anywhere where they need to be in the next year or two. Yeah, the Carolina quarterback situation is going to be a fascinating one as we move to the offseason. Um, a, a fascinating uh, conversation that we're going to have here coming up in Week 10 is the uh, Patriots and their running backs. Now, CLNS Media, uh, Evan Lazar, works for them, said that Ramondre Stevenson is expected to practice today and was looking good for Week 10 against the Broncos. Since then, since that report, I can tell you that neither Damian Harris nor Ramondre Stevenson practiced today for New England. Now, this opens up the Brandon Bolden lovers out there that maybe could start Mm -hmm. him this week against Cleveland. J.J. Taylor is perhaps another guy who could work in. Farrell, what's your read? I mean, Stevenson nor Harris practiced this week. So if that's the case and and they don't go, how startable is Brandon Bolden? How startable is J.J. Taylor for you? And how do you sort of assess this Patriots backfield situation against the Browns? Brandon Bolden is a fascinating player, Balky. You know, in an age when we're talking about free agency, the players getting uh, one-and-done opportunities to prove what they can do and then moving on. Brandon Bolden is a player that has been with this team for nine years. I remember when he came out of Ole Miss. He's been – some years he's a special teams player. Other years he's an emergency third-down uh, uh, pass catcher behind uh, James White. He – if you look at his stats over the years, in, in 2013, he caught 20 passes. Next year, none. Then, and in 2015, 20 passes. Now he hasn't done anything for seven years, hardly catching balls. And in 2021, he's already caught 22 passes. Here's the whole thing about it. I just I love the Brandon Bolden story, and I love him getting on the field and doing something this weekend. The reason I do, it's when Karras, Andrews, Mason, and most especially uh, Mike Owenu, all these guys are playing together. Not a one of them is really a superstar. Some of them have been cut and brought back to the team. But somewhere around in early October, after they benched Owenu, uh, I forget what game it was, when they benched him during the game, that offensive line gathered themselves. They came back. Any New England Patriot running back, if he's on my roster, in this limited opportunity of backs available to them, he's going on to my starting lineup because of those five offensive linemen. Yeah, I just looked actually um, while you were talking about him to see if he is available in any of my Kentucky leagues. And he's available in one, but I'm loaded at running back in that one, so I won't be placing any bids on him. Isn't that um, how it for, always for is, Bulky? 
That's how it always is, my friend. That is how Mm -hmm. it always – you know what's – and I brought this up last week. I I said how Adrian Peterson was out there in a couple of Kentucky leagues, and I'm like, man, I shouldn't bring this up on the show because my my fellow competitors in Kentucky are going to hear this and overbid me. And sure enough, I got – I said he was available in two leagues. I got overbid in one league. And and I forgot who it was who outbid me on that one. But congratulations to you on getting Adrian Peterson, the starting running back here, heading into Week 10. A starting running back in Miami that I Farrell, I know you were high mm. on um, in the in the drafting season um, was Miles Gaskin, and certainly he has had his share of very good games. He's also had his uh, his share of, of some very bad games. Last night, Thursday night, 14 carries, 31 yards. He gets one catch for 14 yards. Now in his last three games, he's gotten 46 carries. Okay, solid work, but only for 101 yards. That's 2.2 yards per carry. 10 catches over the last three games for just 56 yards. So. Farrell, you look at week 11, they get the Jets. I mean, are you willing to roll the dice on Miles Gaskin once again next week? Or uh, is there a certain amount of trepidation for this guy, not only for his workload, but for what he's turning his workload into, uh, how he's turning his workload into fantasy points or lack thereof? I want to recover from Thursday night before I have to think about what I want to do with this player against the Jets. Now, yes. I was high on this player because I've seen him flash, and I looked at what the Dolphins were doing, and I said, you know, they're committed to this player. I've seen him do good things in the past. And it's it's part of a team effort, as, as we just discussed about the Patriots. Uh, there's very little support uh, for Miles Gaskin to get anything done in – in a rushing attack in Miami because they just really don't have one. It, it Last night was another failure. He's averaging 34.8 yards a game. Uh, he was uh, he, He's caught 37 passes for three TDs. You've talked about him having good games, Balky. I think he had one good game. That was when he caught 10 passes against Tampa in, in the, the blowout loss, 45-17. to 17. He is the Fugazi of the draft, and I don't think we'll go to um, Planet Hollywood next year or, or Caesar Southern Indiana for any draft, and we won't hear more people say, this guy's on my no-draft list because uh, he for, for fifth or sixth-round draft capital that everyone paid for him, we've got very little back. Now, we'll see the Jets play this weekend. It can't get any worse than it was the last time. But um, this is uh, this has been a hell of a waste of a fifth and sixth round draft pick, and it's it's not all on Gaskin. It's in the coaching staff. It's in the game plan. It's in the offensive line. Uh, they're doing some things right at Miami, and they sure did on Thursday night. The running game is not one of them. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, let's get to tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, and talk about a guy who is. Not that far off from a half-million-dollar grand prize based on his drafting this year. He's actually been playing in the FFPC. This is his third year, and he's made the championship round in the main event in uh, both 2019 and 2020. He's right in the mix, actually, of taking on that half-million grand prize, currently sitting in 10th place in the 2021 FFPC main event. Please welcome tonight's guest. You follow him on Twitter at PreveerShrevis1. It is PreveerShrevisSava. Thank you so much for doing the show tonight, man. How you doing? Hey, good, Balky. Thank you, uh, thank you, and Pharrell for having me on tonight. I'm doing good. Thanks. Yeah, no, we're we're very excited. Um, Farrell and I are both excited to have you on tonight um, because we don't often get um, 
uh, players that that are um, you know this late in the season, this high uh, in, in the uh, in the main event. So thank you so much for joining us. We were going to talk fantasy football with you in a little bit, but before we do that, can you tell us what you're doing for a living when you're not hanging out in the top ten of the FFPC main event? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, when I'm not uh, focusing my time on fantasy football, I actually uh, work in project management for an automotive company. So I basically, uh, like, create and maintain timing charts from, like, kickoff to start of production for specific batteries and drive units that are going into the electric vehicles. That's a uh, that's an impressive uh, that's an impressive resume, sir. I think our our good friend uh, Brad Cruz is deep into that industry as well. If if I were to buy if if I were to buy that kind of new age vehicle, what would be the one? That, where should I get in the driver's seat? What should I be sitting behind? I mean, uh, right now, right now, you can't can't go wrong with the Tesla, to be honest with you. But I think if you're looking at the future, the the Cadillac Lyric that's going to be coming out within the next few years, I think that that's going to be a great uh, great vehicle to go for. That looks that looks like bulky in the Cadillac Lyric. I can I can see that look. You know um, the I can I can see that look for bulky. He's going places in this world, man, and that that would be a that would be a great thing. Revere, thanks. So you're you're in uh, you're in New York City. Which borough? No, I'm in uh, I'm in Michigan actually. Oh, you're in Michigan. Well, that's where that's yep. where they're making the cars. So I guess I should have known that. So uh, look here. <laughs> where 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 he's making the cars, Farrell, Not only that, where they're making the cars, as well as um, home of uh, Brad and Tim Cruz, who you just mentioned as well. Oh, you 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 gotta you gotta love the Cruz brothers. They need to spend more time in Kentucky, but that's my only complaint about the Cruz brothers now. <laughs> the the uh, the okay, let's talk fantasy football. You have two of my favorite receivers rostered on very uh, on varied teams that you have, I understand. But when it comes to the Tampa Bay receivers, Evans and Godwin in the draft, uh, I think you kind of flipped the order in popularity of how they were going what made it against the grain tell us about how you how you worked through um those Tampa receivers and was there a situation where you attempted to stack as many players off that team as you possibly could yeah so basically like going into my pre-draft strategy um I was reading that, like, Mike Evans came in, into training camp in amazing shape, probably, I think, the best shape in his career. And, you know, when I was looking at the numbers last year, uh, Mike Evans ended up having almost double the amount of touchdowns compared to Godwin. I think it was, like, 13 to 7, let alone, I think, Godwin missed maybe four games last year, I think. Right. But, but I think uh, – uh, Mike Evans became Tom Brady's favorite red zone target. And, you know, last year was a different year with the pandemic, right? You know, they got a brand new quarterback and, you know, the team didn't really get to work with each other. And Mike Evans still ended up putting uh, 13 touchdowns last year. So I felt going into this year, you know, Mike Evans is just going to keep improving and he's going to be the main target in the red zone for Tom Brady this year. And I know they've got Gronk on the team, but I felt that Gronk is just he, – he's a little too old, and I felt he was going to be injury-prone. And as you see, he's just a few weeks, and Evans has just been killing it this year. 
Fadir, uh, let's let's talk about um, Debo Samuel a little bit. And I, I don't want to dwell on this yeah. because I think if there's one player that we have talked about mm. um, with a mm. lot of the high stakes players uh, on this show over the course of the last couple of months, it's been Cooper Cup. But I think a close mm-hmm. second to that is Debo Samuel uh, because he slipped in drafts quite. I mean, everybody, there's so many people on Brandon Ayuk this year, and they let Debo Samuel yeah. slip. Now, in this league for you, he slipped to you in the eighth round. You gobbled him up there. What did you see with Debo Samuel that seemingly so many other high-stakes players in the FFPC missed this season? Well, you know, I I understand the concerns with Debo Samuel. You know, he's had injury concerns back at his college days in South Carolina with, you know, multiple hamstring injuries, a broken leg. Uh, Even last year, I think he had, like, two different times he had grade two hamstring injuries. But, like, as a rookie, when you look at Debo Samuel, he ended up putting up, like, 800 yards and three touchdowns, and he ended up rushing for, like, 160 and three TDs. So he's very productive when he's healthy. And I felt at the eighth round, you know, I went and looked back at my draft, and at the eighth round, I don't think there was anyone that I would have taken over Debo Samuel. So when he fell that late, I just felt the risk was worth the reward. Or the reward was the, the risk, I mean. Did the Samuel situation, did, did the quarterback controversy, you think, play into Samuel dropping as well? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, because you, you heard about Trey Lance going to be eventually taking over the starter, the whole situation with Garoppolo in the beginning of the year. Um, and you didn't really know who was going to be quarterback at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and mm-hmm. I just felt, you know, because Ayuk was, I think, going in, you know, fifth round, I think, of the FFPC, maybe right. sixth round, if I could remember back then. And, you know, to get Debo at the eighth round, I thought, was probably one of the steals of the draft. And, and Prevere, you, you, you had the coach say that the 49ers were going to carry, uh, going to run the ball 500 times. I remember right. that quote coming out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not yeah. sure he thought it was going to run 500 times, but he was making that quote. Uh, coach probably shouldn't make those quotes in the future. Just keep all that to himself. I think it's creating a bad vibe for him. Uh, uh, I, I completely agree. I agree with that. You know, nobody paid any attention to uh, uh, to one coach making quotes, and that was down at uh, the Houston Texans. You know, it's, it's, and still nobody has a good handle on Coach Gully. But I, I like the way his team is playing, and. Uh, there were some players uh, in our KFFSC before we got to Vegas. It was high on the six foot four inch uh, uh, Michigan Wolverine receiver Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. Now I know you picked up Nico Collins off the waiver wire early yeah. on. A lot of us were, were drafting him late. Um, we're going to emerge. Uh, the Houston Texans team is going to emerge from from the bye week soon, and uh, I think they have some favorable matchups. Uh, for the for the receivers going forward, and so I'm curious if this is a player on your better teams, on the teams you're challenging with, and with the bye weeks extended all the way through 14, is Nico Collins a player that could could find a home in a starting roster uh, for you as we move you, forward? You know, I, I think Nico can. Um, the Texans ended up trading him, you know, trading up in the draft to get him in the the third round. And, you know, unfortunately he had the shoulder injury in the beginning of the year that made him miss a few games. 
But, like, in the limited production that he's had, he's averaging, you know, 12.7 yards per reception. And now you've got Tyrod Taylor coming back with his hamstring injury. And, yeah, like you were saying, the Texans schedule is a little bit favorable at the end of the year, right? And I think with the bye week coming up, I think he could be a potential potential flex play. So, you know, I ended up picking Nico Collins in a lot of leagues just more for the opportunity that he has to add depth to my roster. Talking with Prabir Srivastava, the 10th place team owner in the FFPC main event heading into week 10. Okay, so we saw what happened um, with the uh, Ravens and the Dolphins last night. I guess, you know, you look at what they have there. Tyson Williams is, is sort of an afterthought. Um, it it kind of comes down to Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, when Latavius Murray gets healthy, we'll we'll kind of deal with that then. Is Devontae Freeman still the guy there, uh, Prevere, or, or do you like Le'Veon Bell to, to be rostered and maybe make some noise in that Ravens backfield? Uh, I think Freeman is the guy. I really don't trust Bell at all. Um, you know, if you're just looking at the stats alone, Bell is averaging like 2.7 yards this season alone. And unfortunately, when it comes to fantasy relevance, Bell hasn't done good, I think, since 2017, since he's been with the Steelers. So, you know, it's been three or four years since he's had like a really productive season. And unfortunately, he's just not going to get that role to be the, the every down back. And at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is the running back for for the Ravens majority of the time. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't trust Le'Veon Bell at all. Yeah, you know, um, just staying with that game a second, um, I don't know if I can trust that coaching staff to be prepared to put together a running attack uh, against uh, many teams. I, I think that exposed – so some very uh, some very prob- a great deal of problems with the Baltimore uh, offense and their in- inability to make changes last night. And you would think that uh, with all the weapons they had, they could have done a better job of that. You know, a team that does not have a lot of weapons on offense but still is competitive, still can get in the game, still beat the Tennessee Titans earlier in the season – and has young players emerging, Michael Carter emerging, um, Elijah Moore uh, coming into the role that we expected from him, and and backup quarterbacks showing that they can come into a game and assert themselves and help their team win. The most interesting player on the New York Jets, to me still, a player I think could be playing for teams all across the NFL, is Ty Johnson. Uh, what's your opinion on this player? I, I think he was previously at Detroit, as I recall. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm right about that. I don't remember yeah. a great deal about him, uh, but he's become a player that I really like so many aspects of his game. Is Ty Johnson a player now that, that you see as a complimentary piece in the backfield, kind of similar to what we have at the Washington Football Club? Uh, with uh, Gibson and McKissick? Yeah, you know, I I think Ty Johnson can become really relevant in this New York offense. Um, you know, even though Michael Carter is getting the bulk of the carries, Ty Johnson has been extremely productive in the receiving game and just in the limited touches that he's getting. I 
Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. But Ty Johnson will give you that flex appeal because of his receiving abilities. If you look at the last four weeks, Ty Johnson has given you double-digit points and full-point PPR scoring. So the good thing is the Jets are usually going to be behind most games and will need to pass the ball quite a bit. And I think Ty Johnson is going to be a great asset. All right, so, uh, Prevere, let's, um, I want to roll to the chat room right now. A couple of questions in there. Number one, uh, the Dizzle uh, and I just made a bet about Mark Ingram uh, this week. We already know Alvin Kamara is out. Prevere, is he scoring more or less than 15 fantasy points in the FFPC this week um, uh, as what we think should be the starting running back for the New Orleans Saints? Prevere, more or less or over under 15 points for Mark Ingram this week? Uh, I'm going to go less than 15 points. All right. That's what I like to hear because I'm on the under on that one. Uh, so that's good. So, so this is interesting because we, we were talking about in the chat room, we kind of said, like, look, this is totally, and I totally think it's t- uh, touchdown dependent. I mean, if that dude does not score a touchdown, I can't see him getting over 15 points. How do you see his game going uh, this week, uh, Prevere, for, for Ingram? Are you looking at, like, 50, 60 yards rushing, maybe a couple of catches, and that's about it? Or what do you see here? Yeah, since I think, you know, Mark Ingram's going to be the number one back this week, you know, he's not going to put up the numbers that Kamara's going to put up. Like, there's, there's just no chance. And, you know, I, I think um, – I think the Titans are going to run away with this game. So he might, I think at best he might get 50 yards and like you said, maybe one or two catches, but I don't think, uh, I don't really think anyone on the Saints will probably be a good play this week. No Michael Thomas, no Odell Beckham and no Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. It's it's going to be Mark Ingram uh, in the backfield and you're going to have Trevor Simeon at quarterback and, I don't know, your number one receiver is Marquez Callaway. This is at Tennessee, so not certainly not the, the toughest defense in the world, but not the uh, easiest either. Um, one other question from here is, is I, I go back up. I almost forgot about this. This came in at the start of the show, and I think this is from um, Cornell uh, professor Hudson Kern-Reeve. He wants to know, Jordan Howard, is he startable as a second flex in the FFPC main event? and the Football Guys Players Championship this week. I think we talked about him earlier in the program a little bit, but your thoughts on Jordan Howard as a, uh, as a second flex premier, uh, if you need to do it, he's at Denver in week 10. If I'm desperate, I will put Jordan Howard in. Um, I just I don't trust Philly against Denver this week, especially with what Denver uh, did to the Cowboys last week. And, you know, I'm a huge Cowboys fan, so that that stung a lot uh, last week. But, um, yeah, I don't don't trust that Philly offense. I don't think Jordan Howard's going to be that successful this week. But, I mean, if he's your only option as a flex, then, I mean, you you have to roll with them. Rivera, right, so, I, I so have to I'm preempt. Gonna... Balky, I got to preempt right here because you and the Dizzle are making bets. Rivera and I want. I, I got to make a bet with you because if you're okay. disappointed for what you saw as a Cowboy fan, and you know, as, as a Cowboy fan through fantasy football, I was disappointed too. How disappointed are you going to be uh, when Matt Ryan dials him up for 350 yards this weekend? Oh, the Cowboys are going to come out. Cowboys are going to come out on fire this week. There's no way that the Cowboys – the Cowboys got embarrassed 
last week. That was just, I think, they took the Broncos for granted, and I think Zeke is going to come out 150 yards, two touchdowns this weekend. I love well, it. That I could well happen, but, but Matt Ryan is going to dial up 350 on you. Balky, you better cue up that I got five <laughs> on it music. We can bring that back uh, because <laughs> Sorry, I We've got uh, I've got over on Matt Ryan. Uh, I'm I'm going three. Uh, I'm going three thirty three. I'm going to ask you for three thirty three there, sir. I'm going over, and uh, you you may have the under. We we good? I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, hold on. Prevere versus Ferris. <laughs> All right, so Luna's making a, a guest appearance on the show uh, after several times away. Okay, so, um, Prevere, let me ask you this, since I know you're a Cowboys fan. I don't think I have this in the show at all, which is on me. I should have put this in. But uh, Michael Gelkin, who covers the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News, says that Michael Gallup is going to play against the Falcons this week. So if you own Michael Gallup in any of your fantasy leagues, does he sneak in as a flex this week knowing – one, that the Cowboys will be out for blood after what happened last week. And two, he's still got to contend for targets with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and Dalton Schultz. Your thoughts on starting Michael Gallup this week. Is it a desperation move? Uh, it, it is a complete desperation move. Um, you know, Michael Gallup hasn't <laughs> played since – he hasn't played since a week of one. And, you know, he did look like – I think it was in the – he only, what, maybe played one quarter against Tampa Bay. He looked good. He looked good uh, until that calf injury, but I think it's going to be more of a stretch this week um, because there's just so many options on Dallas's offense that, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to trust Michael Gallup to come in and get five, six, seven, eight targets. I just don't think that's going to be realistic this week. All right, so let's move on, Prevere, and talk about tight ends here since this is an FFPC podcast and I'm contractually obligated to ask you a tight end question. So Dan Arnold, let's talk about him for Jacksonville. Is he going to be a top 10 tight end from week 10 going forward in the FFPC? Dan Arnold, top 10 tight end, yay or nay? What say you? Oh, 100%, 100% Dan Arnold's going to be a top 10 tight end. You know, I think it's really important for uh, young quarterbacks, you know, such as Trevor Lawrence, to have a solid tight end. And I think it was a great move by the Jaguars for trading him. And, you know, I, I was looking at the game with the Jaguars. He was already tied with the most targets. And if you look the last two weeks, he's had 17 targets and that he's had 12 receptions for 128 yards. And, you know, in a 1.5 PPR for tight ends, that's, that's amazing. You know, and I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is just going to keep getting more comfortable with Arnold. And, you know, he's going to be a game changer for uh, many managers in the FFPC playoffs. Last week, I sort of poo-pooed a question about Dan Arnold, and I probably shouldn't have done that because I think he's a – He's a good pass catcher, and I followed him from team to team. But, you know, if we if we roll back the score sheet to last week, we see a classic nine to six contest with Jacksonville. Well, you know, we do get the we do get the benefit of the of the one point five receptions, but I don't know if if Arnold can find the end zone. And I think about the fact that all of those receivers down there, Dan Arnold, really, uh, you know, I I think this could be a uh, a flash in a very conservative pan 
for this player, but I don't know. But, you know, uh, I wish I had him on my roster because I, when I went to waiver wire uh, yeah. this past week, whoa, you know, it's uh, it's like farming on rocky ground, brother. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I got to tell you, it's where we were with electric vehicles in, in, in the, yeah. at the turn of the uh, century. There, I uh, uh, how difficult is it? How does your strategy change? You know, I said something to Balky early in the show about you know you can't see it, you can't wait and see it, and then go get the player. Now you've got to project it. You got to see the player's going to play. And you've got to project what the player's going to do and go ahead and get him now before you see him. That's my philosophy late in the year. Does that differ anything from yours? How do you handle this? And, and do you still have a lot of uh, a fab budget in, in your uh, in your accounts in your, as your balance? Um, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying is trying to get the players before they break out. Um in most of my main events, I will say I've used about 80% of my FAB money trying to just go after those players before they have a breakout game. And, you know, some some of them worked out. And I'll tell you this, uh, one person I went really high on, uh, Philip Lindsay, and, you know, he's just been – He's been complete trash. So I spent, you know, about 10% of my fab on uh, 10% of my fab on him. And, you know, I'm 24 leagues. I probably got him in about, you know, maybe 60, 70% of my league. So that, that one kind of hurt. All right. So uh, I'm just kind of curious here and, and we'll see. Yeah, I think we got some time. I want to get to a couple of emails here and, and uh, fast forward a, a little bit here, Prevere, because we got a couple of listeners that I, I want to get to their emails. Jeff in Baltimore is first up. He writes, do you have any insight into how much of a fantasy factor Josh Reynolds is going to be now that he's a Detroit lion? Thanks Prevere. That is Jeff in Baltimore. So this is interesting. Uh, another, you know, kind of under the radar thing that happened this week, you know, with everything else going on. A lot of people didn't realize that Josh Reynolds not only uh, was waived by the Titans, but that the Lions claimed him, uh, you know, off of waivers. So he is now a Detroit Lion. Jared Goff, who he caught passes from with, uh, with the Rams, mm-hmm. will, be catch- will be throwing him passes again. The Brad Holmes, who is the GM who drafted Josh Reynolds in L.A., is now in charge in, in Detroit. So that makes some sense uh, why they would have uh, claimed Reynolds off waiver wires. And there's not a whole lot else there. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is there, um, Quintez Cephas. But the, the cupboard is fairly bare on the perimeter. So, Prevere, Josh Reynolds in a Lions uniform, is this, is this uh, something that fantasy owners need to be paying attention to? Uh, yes, I think, I think you can pay attention to it. I don't know how much stock I'm going to put into any Detroit Lions besides DeAndre Swift. You know, maybe Jamal Williams when he comes back, but – I just I can't trust the receiving core. I can't trust Jared Jared Goff. Unfortunately, it's just been uh it's been pretty ugly watching the Detroit Lions this year. And besides DeAndre Swift, I don't really trust anyone on the Detroit Lions or Hawkinson. My my apologies, I forgot Hawkinson was on there too. So besides Hawkinson or Swift, I don't really trust anyone else on the Lions. And by the way, Mia Culpa here, as the Dizzle pointed out in the chat room, one month ago today, the Lions put Quintez Cephas on IR with a broken collarbone. 
So it's even worse uh, in Detroit and even a bigger, uh, bigger opportunity for Josh Reynolds. Um, and and we'll, we'll see what happens there. I can't know it all. I can only know part of it. I count on the listeners for I a lot of, of, of the show. Content. I think you were thinking of Khalif Raymond there, Balky. Those, those two. Ah, uh, yes. Khalif Raymond, he goes from seven targets to zero targets in a single week. Uh, the, the, the anti-superhero, essentially, of what they have in Detroit. Um, speaking of listeners, let's get to Brian and Ramsey, New Jersey's question. He says, with Kyler Murray playing in the late slot on Sunday, do I need to keep a backup on my roster, or is he worth the roll of the dice so I can keep my roster intact? Thank you so much, not only for listening, but for emailing in. That is Brian in Ramsey, New Jersey. Okay, so the latest on Kyler Murray today was that I believe he did, in fact, practice today, but he is listed as a game-time decision at that 4.05 mark uh, for the uh, Panthers-Cardinals game. Um, Kingsbury said all situations are being considered, but, quote, if Murray is ready to play, he will play. Cardinals are 11-point favorites at home against Carolina. We all saw what Colt McCoy was able to do. So what's the proper way to do this, Prevere? I mean, if you have a roster spot, do you pick up Colt McCoy so you just plug him in if Murray's inactive? Um, are you willing to, to go with Murray as your only quarterback, believing he will play? How do you handle this from a high-stakes fantasy football perspective? Uh, I, w- I would have a backup to be safe. Um, if, you know, potentially if Teddy Bridgewater is available, uh, Kirk Cousins, which I highly doubt, but if – someone else is available. I think I don't think you can put all your eggs on one basket uh, for Kyler Murray this week. Um, you know, they're, they're playing the Cardinals this week, which I think, you know, uh, we saw what the Cardinals did to the 49ers last week. I, I did not see that coming last week. The Cardinals just annihilated them. And so I think it's probably the Cardinals' best interest to let Murray sit out one more week, just get, get fully healthy and then have him come back uh, – come back week 11 and go from there. But I think it's best to have a backup QB just in case. Farrell, I am fresh out of emails. This is on you, man. The That's final all question you got we for have Prevere. for uh, Prevere tonight. That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, you know, Hudson Kern Reed, by the way, is getting such directed questions that he's co-opting the talent that comes into the show and and utilizing their their brain power to help put his teams together. You know, I, I just it's, it's the next thing HUD's going to do is just send in his roster and ask the guests to pick it. You know, that would be an interesting. That that would be an inch. But I, I digress. Oh, I love the Hurts and Kernberry. You know, I, I loved. Uh, He's the best. Yeah, I loved. Uh, yes, he is. I love drafting in Las Vegas. I. Uh, being out there on, on on the kickoff weekend, you know, this is tradition that, that I won't miss. And, and Prevere, you were there in person this year? Yeah. And and you'll be there next year, of course. And I would like you to join me, and let's go all around the room and find all the excuses. I think 2022 will have more excuses of why players didn't win in 2021 because they can start at the first pick, and go through every pick in the first round and say, this, because this happened to my first-round pick, this is why I didn't win. And, I, and, and so, But for this special weekend, for this weekend when, when it's getting down to it and, and we've got to score some points and we've got to have some wins, um, who is the highly drafted player 
that you normally trust that you don't trust him this week? And who is a sleeper that perhaps you haven't played yet or perhaps you haven't played in a while that you really have high hopes for? So uh, my regret this week, and I I hate to say this, but uh, Uh Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I I yes, I can't trust Mahomes. You know, the last three weeks he scored less than twenty points, and it's just been a been kind of a frustrating year of seeing the Chiefs struggle so much. So right now, I think uh, Mahomes is the guy that I would sit as a as a high draft pick. Um, but my sleeper for the week, I really like uh, Deontay Harris from uh, the Saints, mm. wide receiver. He has played better consistently yeah. through the year. What, yeah. what, what do you think makes him um, makes him so much better than Callaway or any of the other complimentary receivers? They've got Smith back down there. Uh, do you think it has something to do with the quarterback? Do you think it's just the maturation of the player? Is he just a better yeah. player? What is it about Harris? Yeah, I think it's just more of the maturation and then him just being, you know, a bet, just a better player overall. You know, there was right. a lot of a lot of hype this year on Callaway, and I mean, he he hasn't lived up to that production, and they needed they need someone else to step up, and you know, I think Deontay Harris is just if you've been looking at the last. Uh, Actually, really, just this year in general, when he's played, he's been fairly productive in a full point PPR league, and you know, I just think he's going to continue to get better. And uh, you know, I think he will definitely be a sleeper this week. Very good. I Thank you. I have a buddy, uh, Pre- uh, Prevere, who, who he doesn't play in FFPC, but I have a buddy who plays in um, in uh, you know, he's more of a casual player, but he plays in a golf league. Uh, a bunch of his buddies in a golf league, and he has kept Deontay Harris on his team, seemingly since week two, you know, with, with no Michael <laughs> Thomas and Traquan Smith yeah. gets hurt. He's still got the eye, and I told him over and over again, drop this guy, drop this guy, you don't need him. Yeah. Well, now this week, I will tell him that this is the week to play Deontay Harris in your flex spot. I got it from a good authority on the 10th place team in the FFPC main yeah. yep. event, Prevere Srivastava. And Prevere, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you happen to lose this Matt Ryan bet with Farrell, Yep. You're going to go to the opening game viewing party at Planet Hollywood next year. You'll buy Farrell yeah. a bourbon with, with part of yep. your $500,000 grand prize that you win on the main event. Um, you'll buy him his bourbon to pay off the bet. I will more than happily uh, buy you a drink there to congratulate <laughs> you on your half-million-dollar grand prize uh, if it happens that way. If it doesn't happen that way, I'm still going to buy you a drink. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but I look forward yeah, to, to uh, seeing you in person. In, in Vegas uh, this this uh, next year, and good luck the rest of the way, man. I hope the ball bounces your way not only this week, um, but but in the subsequent weeks coming up. We're rooting for you. Hopefully, you can take down this grand prize. And thank you so much for doing the show this week, man. Be good. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Prevere. You follow right. him. Thank thank right. you, Prevere. You follow him on Twitter at Prevere Shrevis One, and he is the tenth place team in the FFPC main event. Uh, right now, heading into week 10. Double-digit weeks already, Farrell. It's, it's insane. It's flying by. Um, can't get enough of it. It's, uh, it, God, it's so much fun. You know, and, and I think I'm having an okay season, maybe an okay to above-average season, but 
man, I just I just relish this time of the year. It is so much fun. Yes. Placing bids, setting lineups, and 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 grinding it out and trying to trying to find my way to a big grand prize. As I know you're doing the same thing right now. I looked at your team, Spalky. You're doing very, very well in Kentucky, and you know you will be a, a follow-up champion in our Sweet Sixteens. Um, and and you've got to show up down here for the Super Bowl party and draft in that one. D- despite yeah, the, the only way you can get out of that is if your Packers go somewhere, which is looking less likely all the time. I'm, what color Cadillac are you going to get when when that eclipse? I think that's the name of it. Ellipse comes out. Uh, Wait, you, you- you know what's you know what's funny about that? I just had to buy a new car um, less than a month ago um, because my okay. other one. Actually, when I was at Vegas, I found out that my car was broke and it was gonna it was basically totaled. I needed a new one, and I I told I, I told oh. my wife I'm like, look, honey, I, I don't want to be involved in this process at all. You take care of it. You buy it. You pick out whatever. And she brought one car home for me to test drive. I took it for a spin once around the block. I said, yeah, this is fine, and. Um, I had two choices on color. I had sort of a gray color and then the one I test drove, which is not an electric blue, but it's a, it's a, it's a very bright Ooh. royal blue. And my son, my son really liked here. it. He said, well, yeah, yeah well, he said, dad, yeah. you got to get the blue one. And I said, okay, let's get the blue one. And the more I drive it, I, I really enjoy driving like a, a brightly colored car like that. It just, I don't know. It just mm-hmm. pops. It makes it more fun to drive. So whatever Cadillac I get, um, it, it will not be the, the dull gray, black or or yeah. you know, brown or, or anything a, like that popping. it's going to be something that pops probably not a yellow yeah, I like that um or, or, but but yeah something that pops we'll see what happens um Packer in, green in with a yellow uh, stripe down it you know that would be good see now you're talking yeah that and would, i can get the work. packers to put uh, i'll They'll pay me to put a logo on it and everything. It'll pay for itself. Mm. Uh, I like the way you let's see if we can get that deal. All done. right, so let's well let's see if we can get these deals done for the for the listeners that wrote in this week about some start sit decisions. And uh, the Dizzle says I don't play enough drops, so I am going to play another one tonight for uh, all these people for the start or sits, aka the SOSs. All the people sending out SOSs. By the way, that was uh, ABBA, right, mm-hmm. on, on the on the big comeback. And I was just going to say, I, I found out from uh, Bryce the Commission that they just released a new album, Farrell. Is that true? That is, and uh, they've got a worldwide tour, and uh, they're selling tickets briskly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, their first new album in 40 years. Uh, this is insane. <laughs> Concert residency in London. This this is this is crazy. This is crazy. So ABBA, maybe we can get them as guests on the show going forward, promote their new album. All right, uh, moving forward. Michael in Columbus, Ohio, home of the Buckeyes. He writes, hey, guys, well, I never thought I'd be asking this question when I drafted Antonio Gibson in September, mm. but do I sit him for Dearness Johnson this week in my football guys league? I'm already playing Najee Harris, the Magic Cord, Cordero Patterson, and James Conner. So I only have room for one of these guys in my lineup. TIA, that is Michael, 
in Columbus, Ohio. Michael, congratulations on acquiring all those running backs uh, over the course of the season. So what is it, Farrell? I mean, if, if, he's, if he's made up his mind that Patterson, Harris, and Connor are all starting for him, does he bench Gibson for Dearness Johnson this week? Yeah, okay, I'm going to say this is a two-part answer, and I'll get to it quickly. If you like Prevere and you're sitting on top of the world in the FFPC, maintain with Antonio Gibson. He's your guy. He's your sure thing. Despite the fact he's playing the Bucks, and they don't give up much in the run. Uh, Patriots have been um, uncommonly average in their run defense this year. And Dearness Johnson is the guy that might propel you to a very big game. So if you're playing catch-up in the standings, if you're in the FFPC and don't have one of those asterisks next to your name, or maybe you've got the fourth one for the fourth seed, Dearness Johnson is the guy that you want. You know, Dearness Johnson did so many great things in the last game. I'm just uh, in the game prior to Cleveland's last game. I'm looking forward to him and, and having an opportunity to play here uh, against New England and be the number one back. However, this game is more about Baker Mayfield and what he can do with his arm. Don't expect those big numbers, but expect those big angry runs from Dearness Johnson breaking tackles and winning over the hearts of fantasy players everywhere. Gibson, if you're on the top of the heap, if you're a challenger like most of us are, Johnson's your man. I, I think that's solid analysis there, and the Dizzle is saying Johnson is, is who he's going with. Antonio Gibson, the first week of the season, he gets 90 rushing yards and five catches. Those were both season highs. Since that 90 yards rushing, he has not been able to crack 70 yards rushing. Since those five, um, uh, I beg your pardon, he had three catches in week one on five targets. Three catches in week one. He has not been able to top three catches. That is his season eye there. It's been pretty rough the last few weeks. I think Dearness Johnson um, is probably the guy I would go with over Antonio Gibson. All right, coming up here, um, this is Rich in Bloomington, Illinois. And it sounds like he has a would you rather Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? All right, so Richard Bloomington, Illinois. Both Russell Gage and Elijah Moore made me happy with their performances this week. But I can only start one in week 10. Who would you guys rather go with? Keep up the great work on this podcast. That is Rich in Bloomington, Illinois. All right, Farrell. So Russell Gage uh, this week gets uh, the matchup that we talked about earlier with Prevere. He is at Dallas this week. And then you look at uh, Elijah Moore in Week 10. He is going to be at home against the Bills. Who would you go with here, Gage or Moore? Uh, Elijah Moore is by far the talented player, but you're going to dial it back and go with Russell Gage, and you're betting on the arm talent of Matt Ryan. Anyone that doesn't understand what Matt Ryan's doing, it doesn't look sexy like some of the dual threat quarterbacks. This is a 30 plus, maybe 35 touchdown guy going forward. He's hit over 300 yards multiple times. I think as many as six times uh, this year. He had a, he had a rough start. He had a rough game, I believe in England. And a lot of people saw that uh, he's, he's having a hell of a year. And if you saw the Dallas Cowboys play, 
and get exposed in the secondary last time, you have to think that Russell Gage is going to have a big, big part of what Matt Ryan's going to do. He's my guy here over Elijah Moore in a tough matchup with uh, questionable uh, quarterbacks uh, that will be challenged against that opponent. I listen to Farrell's advice here, and I go to the robot Rastafarian to see what he does. And I totally agree with Farrell. I think that's right. I think you have to start Russell Gage. Think about all the targets he got last week. You know, the thing is with Elijah Moore, it's tempting to start a guy who's coming off a Mm two-touchdown week. That doesn't always, you know, translate from from week to week. So I think Gage is a safer play. I think Matt Ryan, as you just said, Farrell, with the bet with Prabir Srivastava, that there is going to be a lot of passing going on in that game. I am with you. Russell Gage over Elijah Moore in week 10. All right. Let's get to another email here. Ted in West Palm Beach, Florida. It seems like Dawson Knox is good to go with that broken hand. If he's active, do I just start him? My other option would be Tyler Conklin. Ted, thank you for the email in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, Farrell, the, the last I saw of Dawson Knox was that he did indeed practice today, um, and it sounds like he is going to be good to go at the New York Jets this week. Uh, the other option for Ted is Tyler Conklin, who is at the Los Angeles Chargers. Would you go Knox over Conklin? I think what Buffalo is looking to do in this game, and based on what we saw with the Jets against uh, Indianapolis, they're likely to do it and likely to be successful, is to discover their running game, to advance in in, uh, the AFC. They're going to have to have some type of of, uh, quality running back efforts, and this is a good, good time to get it going. So I think that's where the emphasis is with Buffalo. Uh, this weekend, and there's a many, many targets, as we all know. Uh, Dawson Knox uh, is, is not uh, necessary, uh, would be perhaps the, the best word that I could use, or not the number one uh, thing that we're looking to accomplish if we're uh, putting together the, the game plan of the Buffalo Bills. Now, Tyler Conklin uh, had to go overtime to get five catches for 45 yards, but when you look at the total effort, 28 passes from um, from Kirk Cousins last week, despite the fact the game went in overtime. So he's getting a lot of attention from Kirk Cousins. So that's the player that I'm going with uh, in this matchup. All right, so uh, I have one reaction to Farrell's uh, advice on whether I agree with him on Knox versus Conklin. I got to go with Knox here. I'm going with the talent. I, I, I understand. Farrell makes some very uh, lucid arguments and very, very good ones. However, um, and this kind of goes back to like what we were talking about with the Johnson versus Gibson discussion. It's like, where, where are you going here? Um, I, I think that Knox, when he's been healthy, even with the presence of Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, he was still getting a lot of touchdown looks. He was still getting a lot of targets. So I'm going to roll with him against the Jets this week in sort of a, you know, a quasi-revenge game after what Buffalo did or really didn't do against Jacksonville last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of mouths to feed in Minnesota, too, with Jefferson and Thielen and, and Osborne, quite frankly, who stepped up this week. Sounds like Dalvin Cook's going to be out there as well. So I'm going to roll with the upside with uh, Dawson Knox. I could be wrong. It has happened before. We will see if it happens again. Final email tonight from Jake in Phoenix. Not Jake from State Farm. Unless it's State Farm in Phoenix. Hey there, HSFF Hour. What's the good word from Cheeseheadland? Can I play Aaron Rodgers even though he hasn't practiced in two weeks? Or is the quote-unquote 
safer play, Jalen Hurts in Denver. I'll be listening to your analysis. That is Jake in Phoenix. Um, so, Farrell, the, the latest I've heard with Aaron Rodgers up here is the Packers expect him to be cleared. They expect to start it. But Nathaniel Hackett was talking about this offensive coordinator for Green Bay earlier this week saying, you know, there is no comfort this week because, you know, even though Aaron Rodgers is, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, you still want to see him go up um, against that first team defense during the week in um, running the plays that they plan on running against Seattle on Sunday. They don't have that this week, you know, and Zoom calls really don't give them that same comfort. Jordan loves them working with the starters. Jordan Love talked with the media today. Aaron Rodgers didn't. Um, we will find out tomorrow, Saturday afternoon, whether Rodgers is cleared and he makes, you know, passes the NFL protocols. But knowing that he has not been on a football field, you know, in, again, in, in like almost two weeks here, what do you say? Would Jalen Hurts be the guy for you in fantasy over Rodgers, or would you roll with Aaron Rodgers against the Seahawks? Not in this matchup on the road against this Broncos team. Um, and, I, and I would also say that if you could tell me the rest of the season that I could have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, but he's not going to practice, and I can have Jalen Hurts healthy and fully available, I'm still taking Aaron Rodgers. So I'm in a situation here where this this uh, <laughs> once he gets back on the field, I think that's the best place for Aaron Rodgers. He's a little beat up right now. He needs these teammates he can trust. He needs a big bounce back. I think this team rallies around him, and the Seahawks don't cause him much problem. But the Broncos are going to give Jalen Hurts a rough day. Jalen Hurts has magic in fantasy football. He can hit that 25-point number, whether he looks good doing it, whether the team wins or loses. Actually, when they had the big, big win, it I think was one of his poorer point performances of the year. Jalen Hurts is a wonderful quarterback, but I'm never going to put Aaron Rodgers down uh, for him. Yeah, I mean, the, the, here, now if you look at this, we will know if Aaron Rodgers is cleared sometime Saturday afternoon. I expect him to be right. cleared. If he is cleared, sure. I cannot conceivably put um, Jalen Hurts in over Aaron Rodgers. Um, the, the Seattle defense is not, you know, the, the legion of boom that we have seen, um, before they got some playmakers, but it's, it's not great. Um, so I think Rogers, despite being too, now I don't think he's going to shred him. He's not going 350 yards or whatever and three touchdowns on him, but I think Rogers going 250, 260, a couple of touchdowns, maybe 20, 30 rushing yards. I think that's definitely doable. And I think he does that against Seattle. I, I, and, and this is my take on Hurts. This dude waits until the second half of games to turn in solid fantasy performances week in and week out. At some point, that's got to stop. I don't care if the Broncos have Von Miller or not. I don't think he can do that this week. And that's why I'm rolling with Rodgers over Jalen Hurts. And, and that's where I stand on it. Assuming he's obviously cleared, of course. Uh, Farrell, great analysis, great conversation, great interview tonight with Prabir Srivastava, the 10th-place team owner in the FFPC main event. Um, I uh, hope the ball bounces your way this weekend, and you have a great week 10. And we will do this again next week um, in, uh, prior to week 11. And uh, we'll have another great guest on and, and hopefully help people get set for their FFPC and KFFSC playoff runs, man. We uh, follow you on Twitter at KFFSC. We'll check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. Thanks again, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Bob, you too. Thank you, Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen. That will complete 
tonight's broadcast of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I want to thank Praveer, Shravas, Farrell, Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. A reminder to listen to the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with Jerry Hooten, rotoviz.com slash podcast. That's where you can find that as well. We return live on Friday at 10, 9 central with uh, another great guest and hopefully a guest that's in contention. We're getting to that time of year where it's difficult to get guests on because people don't want the HSFFO or curse of coming on the show and then you know, not doing so hot that week. But hopefully we'll get another great guest on uh, this coming week. That is at 10, 9 Central this coming Friday. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck in week 10. I hope the ball bounces your way. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. I this is uh, this is a, a weird time for me because normally I get some work done and um, upload the show to YouTube and get it on for all the people who like listening to it on YouTube the following day. I have to be on a plane uh, roughly eight hours from now, and I, I am in no mood to go to sleep. So it is going to be a very short night, and I will be uh, uh, flying all day tomorrow until uh, I get to Florida for an impromptu mini vacation that my wife booked. Um, hopefully, I get all my lineup set and uh, have a good time down there. In any event, I can't wait to talk with each and every one of you next Friday. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, um, have a great week, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.